Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. Donors are pulling back on their giving. The reasons for this pullback seem to be varied. There's a crisis in confidence in institutions. In some cases, the personal circumstances of the donors themselves have deteriorated. Some are nervous about the economy. A new study by the fundraising, marketing, and communications company Dunham & Company has attempted to quantify these factors and others. I found the study fascinating, and I wanted to have Rick Dunham on the podcast to discuss it. Rick is the founder of Dunham & Company, and he's one of the true gurus in the world of Christian fundraising. He has an undergraduate degree from Biola University and a master's in theology from Dallas Theological Seminary. His company currently serves nearly 100 clients in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand. He's also on the board of the Giving Institute and is a past board chair of the Giving USA Foundation, which also publishes widely respected research on charity and philanthropy that we quote often here at Ministry Watch. I wanted to have Rick on the program to discuss the new study that his firm did in conjunction with Campbell Rinker, a research and survey company. That study is called Donor Confidence 2023, and it's available from the Dunham & Company website for free, and I'll have a link to that study in the show notes for today's program. Well, Rick Dunham, welcome to the program. I found your study, the donor confidence study that uh, y'all did, I guess back in January, commissioned by uh, Campbell Rinker, uh, but really done on behalf of Dunham & Company, uh, to be just really fascinating. And uh, rather than me explain why I think it's fascinating, why don't you first explain what the study says? What are some of the key findings? Sure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so just a little bit of a background. We've been conducting this donor confidence study for a number of years. And specifically through the pandemic, we were pretty intense. I think we did five total studies through, oh, golly, in about 18 months, mainly because things were shifting so quickly. So in January of this year, uh, knowing what had gone on in 22 with inflation and the downturn in the economy, we really wanted to get a handle coming into 23, what was really going on with donors and what was really interesting last year, we found that the the reason donors cited they were going to be giving less for those that said they were going to be giving less, inflation jumped out of nowhere. It hadn't been it hadn't shown up in any of our surveys for years, but thirty five percent of those donors said they were going to pull back because of inflation. And that's we did that survey right when inflation was beginning. It hadn't even peaked yet. Uh, this year in 22, inflation came down as a reason and the uh, personal financial situation jumped up to 62%, which is really high. And so basically what, what we found is that donors anticipated that inflation was going to have an impact. So they were beginning to pull back. And sure enough, and personal financial situation means extraordinary expenses of some sort, um, maybe a medical bill loss of a job. It could be a number of different factors that could affect that. But I found that uh, really fascinating that, again, the, and the percentage of donors who said they were going to give less went up. The number said they were percentage said they were going to give more went down and the uncertainty really jumped high. So that kind of painted the picture for us of 
what we were coming into in 23. Rick, uh, given that finding, I want you to put it in context of some other uh, findings that, uh, to be honest with you, I think I learned what I'm about to say from you uh, or from some of your colleagues, um, because I know you're very actively involved with the Giving USA studies as well. And um, and I, I think it was you who first told me um, uh, actually, I heard you give say this in a presentation that that the performance of the stock market is one of the most powerful indicators of um, philanthropic giving. It's not that that that's a causal relationship, but that there's a correlative relationship that is historically uh, strong and um, so vivid that you really just can't ignore it. So, given all of that, given what I've read in the giving USA study and what you've said about the stock market, a couple of data points. Number one is that um, uh, you know the stock market still seems to be doing pretty good and um, the uh, first quarter GDP numbers were just out I think within the last few days maybe a week or so ago and uh, a lot of folks were worried that we're going to go into a recession it still might happen but at least through the first quarter there was modest economic growth we're not you know if you define a recession as two quarters um, of uh, negative growth. And the so there's that those data points I want to put in a bucket. And then I want to mention that uh, I think it was in the Giving USA study that said that uh, overall giving was up uh, a little bit, but that the number of people who gave uh, was down, that, that fewer, fewer people are giving more money was kind of the headline of that study. So first of all, uh, I mean, Am I am I right to think about these two buckets of data points in the context of this study? And what does all of this mean together? So Giving USA has plotted uh, the relationship of the stock market and giving for 40 years. And the performance of the stock market is always a leading indicator of philanthropic uh, behavior. So you're absolutely right. And, and it's, it was pretty fascinating is that back in um, – 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, about 18% of donors said that their giving was impacted negatively by the performance of the stock market. That went all the way down to 7% in 21. This year, it went up to 23%. So what happened, the volatility of 22 really affected the psyche of the donor, and it definitely has impacted, uh, negatively impacted their giving. So that's, that's just a reality. I think um, donors generally... It's that volatility that, well, two things. I think when the stock market goes down and or it's highly volatile is when it impacts donor giving. And, and you're right. Uh, data has been showing now for quite some time that the number of giving households is decreasing uh, and the average amount of money given is going up. So uh it's not it, it's not surprising if it has a negative impact on giving overall. Yeah. Another finding in the study, Rick, I was wondering if you could say a little bit more about it, is this, I, I don't know, maybe you would call it a pessimism measure that, that says that in the studies or the summary of the study that I read, the, the response showed a higher level of pessimism with no being at, at a four-year higher, no being an answer uh, to the question, will giving be... Uh, the last expense to go. And also, too, a related question, will giving return to previous levels? Well, you're, uh, you, we're seeing uh, at least a four-year high in both of those metrics. Is, do I have that right? So, yeah. Um, so one of the questions we have when we ask 
donors to kind of rank uh, their how they'll spend their money with and thinking about giving. Uh, back in 2020, 13% of donors said, oh, giving is going to be the very last thing to go. It went up to 14% in 21, up to 15% in 22, but then it, the bottom fell out a bit. It went down to 11% in this latest study. Mm-hmm. So what that's saying is that, yeah, my my level of commitment to continuing to give has weakened. And again, I think that what we talked about just earlier, about 62% saying that personal financial situation is negatively impacting their giving. Well, that's why. So I think it's more a pretty practical uh, measurement, if you would, uh, than anything else. And donors are generally pessimistic about the economy. It's, there's a slight ray of hope and that they think that the economic recovery will take less time now than it did a year ago. But they're still pretty pessimistic about the performance of the economy in the coming 12 months. Yeah. Rick, I want to kind of close our conversation with, um, you know, kind of a a question around what can we do about it or what should our listeners do about these findings? But before I do that, is there anything else about the study itself that jumps out for you? Or have have we hit the high points for the most part or is there something that you think we're missing? No, I think I think you nailed it. Okay, well, great. Well, uh, let, let me pivot then and, and kind of try to land this airplane because uh, the data is, in in my view, it's fascinating in the, you know just in the abstract. But uh, obviously, we want to make it a little less abstract and a little more practical. And a lot of our listeners fall into one of two buckets: one, they're donors themselves; they are you know, the folks whose perceptions you are measuring in a study like this. The others are ministry leaders who are, you know, looking at these studies almost as if they're trying to read the tea leaves of what the future will bring and how they can, you know, modify their behavior or change the way they do things so that they don't become a victim of uh, some of the trends that you're identifying here. So let's start with the donors first. Uh, any advice to donors, uh, especially maybe high-capacity donors uh, in this in this era, in this season? Uh, when you dig a little bit more deeply into the data, uh, the higher-capacity donors are being less, are demonstrating, or at least saying that they're less impacted than kind of the mid-level donor, which makes a whole lot of sense. And for me, it's um, the challenge, I think, with high capacity donors is the fact that 90% of wealth is held in assets, 10% in cash, and typically high capacity donors are more likely to give out of assets. So it's really finding those assets where, you know, obviously giving a, a, a gift of appreciated stock is a benefit not only to the donor, but also to the, the uh, recipient institute. So I think it's looking for those opportunities to continue to give um, with those things that have, in fact, appreciated. Um, you know, and I think everybody's case is in, so different individually. And um, I think part of my concern, and I and I think part of what I want to say to donors is we're, we understand the pain you're feeling and the reality of what you're facing uh, with this with this economy. The good news is it looks like inflation is um, dampening a bit, and uh, hopefully some of the projections I was just reading before I came in here about the economy will indeed come true, and we'll see. uh, It feels like things are stabilizing, and as they do, I, I I would double down on our giving. Yeah, yeah. That's good feedback. Uh, uh, 
encouraging generosity is always good, but encouraging generosity when there's a real need uh, is all the all the better. So I really appreciate that good word. Uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk to ministry leaders. I was at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference this week in Orlando, Florida, and went to a couple of workshops on donor retention and um, the, the fact that, you know, it's uh, getting first-time donors is becoming increasingly difficult for a lot of ministries. And um, so I, I know that uh, ministry leaders have a lot on their mind, right? <laughs> I mean, they've got a lot of struggles right now. Uh, I've, I've identified two, donor retention and getting first-time donors, and now you've added more, um, uh, you know, information that would that would cause me and other ministry leaders to be concerned. But what's the hope here? What you know? What can we see in this data that might uh, either enforce, reinforce a course of action, or cause us to think about a course of action that maybe we haven't thought about before? Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest underlying uh, finding is the sense of uncertainty. Donors generally aren't saying they're going to stop giving; they're just going to give less. And so what I would strongly encourage is, first of all, work with what's in your hand. Make sure that you're keeping your current donors engaged, giving them relevant information and reasons why they should continue to support you. And that's not begging for money because we need your money. It's showing the outcome of what their donations are making possible and lives being transformed. It's the it's the payoff, if you would, for that donation, uh, making a difference in somebody's lives. Two, make sure that the cadence of communication stays uh, proper. Don't pull back on communication. You know, I've heard that I've been in rooms at time when they've said, ah, we don't want to bug our donors. No, if you're giving them relevant information uh, and, uh, around why their support is making a difference, that's what they want to hear. So I would keep that cadence of communication up. Third thing I would say is if indeed you are uh, working on acquiring new donors, Make sure before you spend a dime on that, that you've got the funnel, the, the donor journey really mapped out well. Don't assume that they're going to give you a, a subsequent gift on their own. You've got to make sure that that's encouraged. Mm-hmm. Well, Rick, that is uh, a good word, uh, both for donors and for ministry leaders. I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for this survey. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to close my interviews with people uh like you with a question that sounds something like this, what am I not smart enough to ask you? Because I know you are a lot smarter than I am about these types of issues. There's gotta, gotta be something you, or there might be something that you want to share that I just don't have any um, context for asking. Is there, is there something you, that you would sort of say or that I haven't asked or uh, how would you kind of summarize uh, our conversation? Yeah. The only other word I would give you is in some of our other studies, what we're seeing is that the millennial generation is coming on very strongly uh, in terms of their their support as donors. And uh, as you think about the long-term development of your your, uh, uh, fundraising program, know that that generation is coming up and coming strong. The only other thing I would say too is if if you're not mobile optimized, we found that there's been a massive jump in donors giving via their smartphone and also welcoming text. So just be thinking about the way donors are consuming content and make sure you're showing up in the right way. Yeah, that's a good word. Thank you, Rick Dunham, uh, founder, uh, guru of Dunham & Company and uh, uh, the 
purveyor of this particular survey that we've been talking about today, which I have found to be extraordinarily helpful. So, Rick, thanks for this and for all your other work as well. Thanks. That brings to a close my conversation with Rick Dunham. His organization's new survey, Donor Confidence 2023, is available from the Dunham & Company website, and I'll link to it in today's show notes. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Jeff McIntosh. We get database editorial and technical support here at Ministry Watch from Stephen DeBerry, Emily Kern, Kim Roberts, and Casey Suddeth. You've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.